0: So I was just about to say to you, Chandler, looking at the results for Worlds and uh, US Raw Nationals, it's crazy when you look at these numbers and um, like, it feels like it's long, like this this must be a wild year for you. Like when I look at these results and I'm, I can remember being at Worlds just a couple of weeks ago and I remember like US Raw Nats, when I'm doing the post for like King of Lists, I'm like, you just look at the numbers now in the sheets and it's just numbers and sheets on a paper or, or a screen but this is just fucking like for you when you look at those numbers, it's a whole nother meaning. This is yeah. such a wild year for you.
1: Uh, This this whole journey is wild. When I like think of how long I've actually been competing, it seems like it's longer than three years. Honestly, yeah.
0: <laughs> but, <laughs> so, Like a lot has happened in this
1: short amount of time, but yeah, this year was especially wild.
0: <laughs> I mean, going into 2021, And um, like 2020 was crazy for everybody, but your 2020, you know, the difference between your 2020 and your 2021 is exponential growth. Like you miles apart. (laughs) It is just like a holy smokes. Like when you were in 2020, did you ever expect were you telling yourself when 2021 finishes off? Man, I'm gonna be a US Raw Nats champion, I'm gonna be an IPF world champion. I'm going to have like this, you know. (laughs) (laughs) No,
1: like for the most part, I never thought all these things in my powerlifting journey would happen, Um, especially in 2020, because I was supposed to have a meeting in April. Of course, that got canceled. Um, And so I was just happy to compete. I wasn't sure if we were going to have a nationals again. And then there was speculation about if Worlds is going to happen again. So Um, No, I didn't expect this. I hope for it. But I didn't know what happened the way it happened. But uh, I'm happy
0: (laughs) in in the journey leading into it. And we'll we'll get into that as well. But um, yeah, (laughs) you know, with like, like USAPL suspension, the whole nine words just so talk about a wild ride for especially for you, though, when you think about how far you've come (laughs) and everything you've endured you know, um, emotionally, the fatiguing, and then going into Worlds, <clears throat> you know, you went in there with two absolute legends in Kimberly yes. Walford and Anna Rosa. And the way it happened with Kimberly, making sure you had a spot on the team and um, both those ladies chasing history to be the first three division world champions. And mm-hmm. um, like you, you guys were going, you guys weren't going and the ups, downs, walking in there with legends like that, a heavily hyped showdown neck and neck. Uh, on the on the nominations, you guys three of you were two and a half kilo apart.
1: Like right, yeah. you do
0: the math, somebody's you know this is too tight. This is too tight to call. Um, like you, it was never an easy ride. Like you were always in the deep thick of things. And yeah. um, <laughs> like let, let, let's, let's pull it back a bit before we jump ahead to the worlds um, IPF Worlds twenty twenty one. But leading into US Raw Nats, mm-hmm. what were your expectations? Uh, for each lift or just in general? Uh, just in general, because U.S. Raw Nats still had, you know, you had upstarts like Claire Zay. You had people like Kristen uh, Dunsmore, who was a former U.S. national champion. Like you had some right. big names yeah. in there. Um, mm-hmm. Were you expecting, like, you you got the win, or were you thinking, like, this could be anybody's show. Let's see what happens.
1: Uh Based on my previous total, I was thinking, yeah, I could get the win. But at the same time, I just have this thing in my mind all the time. Well, anything can happen on game day. So yeah. even though my numbers say that, you know, I have a higher total than anyone else, um, I still have to show up. I still have to stay in the moment, not let it get too big for me. And um, in the past with squats, that's like my lift that I'm not so great at because my in general, it's not my best lift, but my nerves especially get to me. And I think I would have had a better performance uh, if my nerves hadn't gotten to me that day. Uh, like I still won, but I wasn't happy with myself because I could have performed better. But I thought I would get the wins, but I still, I'm trying to stay grounded, really.
0: It, it's, you got to manage your expectations, right? Exactly. I can't
1: Wait. go in there thinking I'm gonna take everything. like, Cause everybody <laughs> else is going to show up too. So Everybody's thinking, mind.
0: yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and when, when it comes to squats, why do you think there is like a little bit of, uh, that's the tough one. That's the hesitation. Is it because like you, is it the depth where it's like, frick man, I know it feels good to me, but who knows?
1: It, yeah. It's depth. It's the good morning squat. I always feel like I'm going to eat shit because I'm leaning so far forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: It's those levers, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 And that's where some people think when they're watching, they're like, um, mm-hmm. you know, this person needs to stand more upright. And we've talked about it a million times where it's like your levers don't always allow you to like Kimberly exactly. Walford, Kimberly Walford's got long femurs and like, like she's an obviously a, the goat in powerlifting, but right, she squats right, like yeah. that as well because her levers yeah. make her have to, it is exactly. what it is like these people understand, but people watch it and they're like, just squat more upright, you know, your chest caved a little you it's like, yeah. Yeah, I I yeah
1: yeah <laughs> trust I'm me aware. i would if i could yeah yeah <laughs> i'm working like, i'm
0: working with what i got
1: right yeah exactly and i don't know if it's because my legs or my back because i have scoliosis so i don't know if that attributes to me like having that type of squat or what but yeah it's uh not so much fun when the weight gets heavy
0: the thing is too <clears throat> you change one thing you could change everything you know what i mean like if you were like oh, yeah if my back was this way, if my femurs were that way, it's like yeah, but, but they sure has sure as hell help you on that deadlift though, huh? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I was
1: uh, I was telling my aunt one time, scoliosis probably made my back strong because um, when I was growing up, I was always preparing myself to have surgery. And oh, the doctor shoot. told me, yeah, the doctor told me he said, well, in case you have surgery, you should uh, strengthen the muscles in your back because the recovery time will be less. And so I would spend, I don't know how many, uh, I don't know how many back exercises I would do on back day, right? And so all the lat pull down, I used to do so many pull ups. It's like <laughs> I would do six sets of 15 in college. I can't do that anymore.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> well, you yeah, moved I, on. <laughs> yeah, I, I was always preparing myself to have surgery on my back. So yeah, I would do a lot of back exercises, especially without thinking anything about powerlifting. I didn't even know about powerlifting. Uh so a couple of years ago really.
0: What was so, the um so was this like even as you were a child as well, like you were having issues with it or
1: yeah, I was diagnosed at 13 a couple months before I turned
0: 14. Yeah. And then and then were you like lifting and, and doing the strength exercising even then?
1: Not lifting like now, but yeah I've always been Um, lifting weights and it involved in physical activities so yeah
0: isn't it wild that at the time when you're a kid and your doctor's telling you like there's a problem with your back and like your family's probably gosh you got a bad back you know and like this would be the narrative the narrative would be like oh poor Chandler's got a bad back and you know whatever and you guys would have no idea that you would be like a world champion powerlifter and your fucking deadlift is is gonna win yeah. the day and like <laughs> you know like it just goes to show how quickly narratives can change. You mm-hmm. know you can't write some kid off. And then when you tell the kid like you better strengthen your back, you know you you could double back to that doctor now and be like, guess what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Check, yeah, yeah. Done. We're good. Yeah. I strengthened that back for you. Um. So throw high school, were you into like sports and weightlifting or? Oh,
1: yeah. I, I wasn't to lift Not like seriously. I played soccer and I swam. And so swimming helped me a lot with my back as well. So, And then in college, I played rugby. I tried to swim. I, my numbers weren't that fast and I tried to play soccer. I couldn't make the team. So I played rugby.
0: <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah, yeah. Um, and were you were you doing like strength training for rugby?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mainly worked out by myself because um, we weren't, like, a university team. Mm. So we had our practices, but you had to do your conditioning on your own, really. So, is, yeah, that, I, is that where ahead. you
0: started? Like, like how did you start lifting weights and whatnot? How did you get into that?
1: Oh, well, that was my parents. Like, they always had gym equipment in their home. So, like, I started lifting weights probably I was eight or nine. Not like doing, not like doing the big three squat, yeah, business, yeah. but just working on machines and whatnot. I just started doing... Uh, squat, squat, mentioned and deadlift till college, but I've been working on machines a lot and calisthenics. So.
0: Wow. So you've been, uh, even if not doing this three big, still mm-hmm. your body was getting conditioned though, like resistance yeah. training, like the muscles were getting stronger and mm-hmm. the bones were getting denser and you were getting ready. So when you moved on to the three main lifts, um, you know, you were probably ready and prepared for it. Uh, so, so you, what made you find powerlifting? Um,
1: I had graduated and I went back home and like the gym, LA fitness close to my home. I was squatting there. And like you said, sometimes you squat you think you're low enough, but you're not really low enough. And that yeah. was the case. And so my now coach came up to me and said, you know, you could get lower.
0: I'm like, man, who is this guy? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> He'd be like, give me three feet, my man, because I, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I don't know you like that. correcting yeah, me,
1: yeah. me. But um, yeah, we were just talking for a bit and I was like, something in the back of my head was like, maybe I should listen to this guy. He actually seems to know what he's talking about. And so from then on, like he like helped me with my form. And so. I was like, oh, this is what it's like to actually squat low. <laughs> it was, uh, very different. So I had to take some of the weight off. Um, but I think at that point I was just doing maybe 25 pounds each. So 95 pounds. And so I wow. squatted for a couple sets and then I went to deadlifts. And I had once again, just 95 pounds. And at that point in time, I was like doing everything for 12 to 15 reps. Mm. And so he looked at me, he's like, what are you doing? You could lift more than that. And I'm like, do you think so, really? He's like, yeah. So I put a plate on there, and I was like, oh wow, I never thought, like I was this strong. And by the end, by the time I was done deadlifting, I was doing like 225 for five. And I was like, shit, well shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I think I might have been wasting my time earlier. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> so from then on, we uh, we've been working together. And that was in late 2017.
0: Oh, so it is relatively. Not long ago, but like you yeah. put a lot of strength on quick.
1: Yeah, it's not so long ago. It feels like a long time. I feel like so much has happened, but
0: both, short amount of time. <laughs> both is true. Uh, like it wasn't yeah. long ago, but so much has happened, which yeah. you know. Um, isn't it crazy that your whole life leading into that, you had you drastically underrated what your physical strength was to the point where you're doing 95s aside, and you thought this is a good workout.
2: Yeah, and, exactly. And you had no idea,
0: like that is not <laughs> even close to your capabilities. Right. Like it's so wild. Some people are walking around not knowing. Like you are, like I'm trying to get cheesy with you, but you are special. And you had no idea you were special.
1: No, were not like, at
0: all. Isn't that great? It's like pretty my crazy. Coach saw it.
1: My coach saw it. I, I surely didn't even think about it. And especially powerlifting. I was actually hoping to get into Ollie lifting. Um mm and see if I could do that. But like the gyms that did that weren't close to me. And at the time I was working in a restaurant and like those uh, gyms are quite expensive. I'll just go to LA Fitness. And um, the only thing I knew about powerlifting was like I saw this video on YouTube, this person in Russia like benching and they playing heavy metal music. And like, I think he had a bench shirt on and he did like the Jen Thompson thing where he stands on the bench for a while whatever yeah <laughs> and I'm like what is this <laughs> and that's the only thing I knew about powerlifting
0: at the other time <laughs> yeah that's a little different that's a, um Erin, there's there's been a lot like is, is there been anything about um people scoliosis excelling at powerlifting I know like Lamar Gant and like there's like a bit of a history with it and obviously they're like we we've had people like Tina on who talk about it but is there like a correlation or do you know
2: i mean you just listed off a few names that are you know pretty strong so i don't know if there's actually some kind of correlation to it or not or maybe those people tend to get into lifting like chandler said because it can strengthen those muscles and help support Mm. the body um but like for when it comes to deadlift like in general when you have a lot of weight you know it's going to compress you a little bit it's going to make your arms a little bit longer but it seems like with people with scoliosis the more weight they put on The more it compresses them a little bit because they don't have as much of like you know the vertical spine, and so sometimes people with scoliosis have the best deadlifts because the more weight they do, the more it compresses their torso a little bit. The longer it makes their arms, the shorter it makes their lockout. That's why Lamar Gant did whatever four times whatever body weight it was, five times body weight. Tina's got a big deadlift and she does beltless because it you know she says the belt will mess up her scoliosis. Um, And then Chandler also you know 500 pound plus deadlift so. Maybe there's some kind of correlation there.
0: I'm going to I'm gonna start, go to like the local back recovery places for scouting people.
2: Be like, oh, man, do you have scoliosis?
0: Because I think people are like, what the fuck? How, right. how many pull-ups can you do? That's right. Yeah, exactly. What's your pull-up at? This It's a weird way to recruit, but I think we got to start doing it. Um, yeah, I, I remember about Lamar Gann. I can't remember his uh, – he's from like the early 80s, but he's probably like one of the – he was – this was back when – powerlifting was in like sports illustrated and shit. Like I think they mm-hmm. did an article on him saying he bent, but they, but he doesn't break. And it showed his spine. He had an extreme version of scoliosis and um, they had theorized back then in that article that it might help kind of like Aaron was saying where, yeah, it makes sense where it makes your like back kind of squish down a little bit. It doesn't sound great, but right. <laughs> um, your arms are longer and, and the bad, the mitigation of the range of motion and everything. Um, but it's interesting to look into because a lot of people coming on the podcast be like, yeah, yeah, I got some scoliosis kicking. and, and oh, they're wow. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so when you started powerlifting, obviously, initially, you had underestimated how strong you were mm-hmm. when you started shifting weights and you're like, let me sign up for a competition you know, and and obviously you've seen the video of the guy in Russia and it's a little over the top and wild. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they're doing their Russian thing, Eastern Bloc thing. <laughs> did you did you start, like, did you jump into the community, start following people around your, you know, weight class and kind of acclimatize yourself to it and check out like, okay, this is who this is, this is where the standard is and kind of nestle into it? Um, I don't
1: really actively look for people in my weight class. I was just looking at all things powerlifting. Mm. Um, I don't know exactly when I started following you guys. It is probably around late 2017, 2018. Um, Jen Thompson, Kimberly Walford, can't remember any other specific names.
0: That, those are the big ones from that era. Yeah. I mean, they still right. are, but yeah, yeah. yeah that exactly. makes about it. If you started following King of list 2017, 2018, you probably pretty much seen everybody coming in, like, cause we, we just flood, we flood right. the content, exactly. right? So you probably yeah. got caught up pretty quickly. Um, and what was your, well, was there anybody that stuck out in terms of like, you know, something like that stuck out to you that you, that you looked up to or that you took inspiration from? or not necessarily from powerlifting, but it's from somewhere else.
1: In the beginning, no, it wasn't really someone I looked up to. I don't mean that in a negative way. It's just that I didn't know much about the sport and I didn't even, I was still in this mindset where I didn't think I was as strong as I was. So I was just having fun. Like lifting was just lifting. Um, So I was like, Okay, Jim Thompson can bench pounds. Like, what in the world is that? <laughs> yeah. Like that stuff like that amazed me. Um obviously Kimberly Warford amazed me as well. I'm like, how does someone, you know, deadlift that much? Like, just how? So besides those two, those two, no one else specifically really.
0: And then so as time's going on and you're um, adding more and more weight to your lifts and um, you start emerging yourself as, as a contender in 2021 was really, if you weren't on people's radar, you became on everybody's radar in 2021.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: Leading into the U S raw nationals. And people start talking about you in the preview shows on podcasts and people mm. start throwing your name out there. Like she's probably somebody we got to watch. And the, 2018 Chandler who started following King of the would have mm-hmm. been like and didn't know how strong she was would have been like holy fuck when in 2021 King of the Lists is reposting her and saying "Yeah, Yo, you better watch Chandler Bab going into the U.S. Raw Nats. My <laughs> my how things have changed right?
1: Oh yeah definitely
0: <laughs> <laughs> So what did it feel like then when you're going into the U.S. Raw Nats and people are starting to pick you to win it you're being reposted and there's some attention getting thrown over there. Are you? What are you thinking leading into US Rod Nats when that's happening?
1: Uh, I, at one point, I think after USPA Nationals, um, like I had deadlifted 501 pounds. That was my first time deadlifting 500. And like I don't lift for the purpose of like people noticing me, but at that point in time, I was like. Really, nobody reposted that. that
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> fair. And hey, look at recognition. <laughs> I get what you mean. Where yeah, you, you don't lift for that purpose, but people like to get recognition. Like there's nothing right. wrong with that. It, it feels good to get recognition for your hard work, right? Like that's totally yeah. normal. Yeah.
1: And, and so because I didn't get reposted, um, mm-hmm. that's when, like my coach said, you know, you should probably go to USAPL gonna you know, get more eyes on you. But at that point in time, I was a bit of a jerk, and I was one of those lifters like, man, I'm gonna go into the next meet. They're gonna put some respect on my name. They're gonna find out about me
0: and whatnot. <laughs> it's good for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, and so going into 2021 nationals, I'm like, okay, now it's happening. That's you know and now I gotta show up for real. I, I can't you know coast or anything. I mean, I never intend to, but I gotta make sure my nerves are in check.
0: Um, first off, your coach is, sounds like. Is giving you good advice right through from you should start powerlifting to listen, you want to jump on the radar, show up the US Raw Nats, and yeah, <laughs> <and> you'll yeah. <laughs> you'll be undeniable. It's undeniable. Yeah. You win US Raw Nats, you're on everybody's radar. Um, but the the magnitude in terms of the how big US Raw Nats is, it's a big event. It's yeah. a little different during the COVID. I wasn't there, like I'm not American, but I'm mm-hmm. told, Arian, were you there?
2: Yep.
0: Was it um Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. I remember now you and Tina sent that picture <laughs> Every I shared one time. Um, when when you guys, it, it felt different this year, no? Like, was there a crowd there or no? How was U.S. Ronax?
2: I mean, there was a crowd, but, yeah, I mean, normally it's a lot of, you know, lifters and family and then maybe from, like, people from the, the city if they happen to be powerlifters. But, yeah, maybe this time it was, like, you know, less lifters coming in, you know, maybe they came in like, you know, last minute competed and left earlier or went and did other things and maybe some less family traveling too. Cause you know, they can just watch at home and they don't want to deal with traveling or anything like that, but there was still a crowd and there were still people cheering. And, and, uh, you know, especially when you have two platforms going on, you get more, more of a crowd there, but yeah, maybe a little bit of a different feel, a little bit quieter, a little bit smaller.
0: And Chandler, how did you feel that experience going there when this was probably your biggest meet up until that date?
1: Right, yeah, it it was my biggest meet, so I felt that it was big, I, but at the same time, like I've seen the 2019 Raw Nationals, and I, I knew it wasn't as big as that event, and like at the medal ceremony, Joey Flex had, I, I don't know the girl's name, but she was maybe in the 47s or 52s, I don't know, and he was telling her, this isn't like the last Nationals, it was much bigger, <laughs> And I'm like, man, why well, I wish I went to that one. <laughs> You're like,
0: well, shit, this is the one I won. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, do you think maybe, do you think it makes it, are you the type that make it easier with fewer people, little distraction, you just walk on the platform and uh, like some people, are like it doesn't matter if there's one person in the audience or a thousand. Some other people are like, you know what? You throw a thousand people watching me and the adrenaline's going through the roof. I'm probably going to lift more weight and do better.
1: Yeah, it, it doesn't matter if it's one or a thousand. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, I hear people around me, but at the same time, I don't like, I kind of zone out and the only person I'm focused on is the header yeah. up outside of that. It, it doesn't matter how many people are in the audience.
0: Are you paying attention to the other competitors when you're lifting to see how close they are? Um. At U.S. Raw Nats, I,
1: I was because I was worried about after I missed my second squat. And I was like, well, I should have gotten like maybe 412, 413 4 uh, that day had I not missed my second one. And so I was a bit worried for that. And then, like, I thought my bench was pretty good. But there may be like three or four of the girls who bench better than me. But like I saw the, what is it? I saw the board at some point in time and said, "I'm still in first, and we hadn't gotten to Dallas yet." I said, "Well, if we get to Dallas, I
0: think I'm fine." <laughs> That's a wrap. <laughs> 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 You're like, <laughs> "Wait till the bar hits the ground." That's a wrap. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But at
1: Worlds, um, I-, I didn't want to know where I- where I was in the standings because, like, it's just going to make me more nervous. I don't want to let the moment get too big for me. So I, I told. My handler, Garmez, I didn't want to know. But then things were switched around. And this time, deadlifts wasn't. um, I didn't have my best performance on deadlifts like in previous times. So when the Italian girl hit her third deadlift and the way people reacted, I thought like she had gotten it first because I didn't know where I was in the standings. So then I got really nervous and then I wanted to know where I was at. So I'm like, I need to hit this next deadlift. But he was like, like afterward, he said, "Like no, she was planning to get on the podium. We already had it."
0: I was like, "Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like for sure. Worlds was a was a was a tighter race Uh because yeah, I mean the top five, like the, the yeah. top five at Worlds was was all like nothing but shooters, right? Yeah. And um, you had a couple legends in there, and yeah, the reason why their reaction for." her pulling onto, into bronze medal was so big is cause she bumped off Kimberly Walford and Anna Rosa. Like th- nobody's seen that coming. I don't want to, yeah. you know, skip ahead too much. We'll get into worlds, but leading into worlds, um, when you found out, cause I, I do want to talk about this part cause it's a unique storyline. Um, leading into worlds when you find a U.S. APL is suspended and obviously there's COVID restrictions for travel. Can you go, mm-hmm. can you not? U S yeah. is suspended. Can you go? Can you not? And, and for a while there, it looks like the dream is over. So when you won U S nationals, were you telling yourself before you knew anything of this was coming down? Mm-hmm. Were you telling yourself, Oh my God, I'm going to the world championships and you're telling your family, I'm going to go to the world championships. Like, did you realize, Holy shit, I just punched my ticket. I'm going to a world championships in powerlifting. This is the same girl who a few years ago was doing 95 pounds. Right, yeah, (laughs) exactly. What were you thinking when you realized, holy shit, I'm going to the Worlds?
1: I don't know what to say. It's an unbelievable feeling, really. It's like, wow, I've accomplished all this. Um, And to be doing it in this big federation, you know, it's huge. And then I knew I was going up against Kimberly and Anna and leading up into Worlds, I was kind of having this imposter syndrome where I'm like, fair you're not really as strong as you think you are look at the people you're going up against like Kimberly's undefeated and Ana Rosa's numbers I think were from 2019 yeah And so that made me really nervous because I'm like well a lot of gains can happen in two years and so like I was like I don't know what I'm really going up against and I know how bad my nerves get so I really try to work on mental toughness throughout prep so I wouldn't have any issue come competition day and I was probably the most mentally sound I've been in a competition um, because I didn't want that to be a, a block to me uh, doing well in the competition. But yeah, leading up to Worlds, I was terribly nervous because I knew who I was going up against. I was happy and excited, but a little scared.
0: In, in terms of like the mental prep, would you just like, was it just self-affirmations to tell yourself like, you know, you deserve to be here or, or what are, what are some of the things you would do mentally to Easier your nerves.
1: Oh yeah, it was mainly self affirmations. Um, I would like for this prep or for every prep, I like give it a title, and I put all the workouts in my phone. And so for IPF Worlds, I titled it "Overcoming Fear," because I can't let that you know stop me from performing better. So I'd always tell myself before I squat because I don't have this issue on bench and deadlift, but squatting. It really scares me with that weight on my back and the fact that I lean over so much. So I always have to tell myself, you know, don't be scared. Don't have fear. You're okay. Be patient, especially when I have like four or five reps. Because I, once I get to that third rep, I'm like, all right, I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> typical power lifter. Right, right. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, after the third rep, I, I might lose count. Another typical thing for power lifters. But, yeah. um
0: yeah.
1: I would just have to tell myself, "Be patient. You're okay. Don't have fear." And so, the last couple weeks, I would tell myself, "You know, have no fear. Leave no doubt." So, like, hit depth because we don't want any issue there. So, have no fear. Leave no doubt. Today will be a good day. And I just keep saying that, right until I take my big breath and then I start squatting. So it was just self affirmations. And so, when uh, it came time to compete, I was calm. Like because I practice, you know, handling my nerves.
0: Did you like visualize as well? Do you picture yourself, you know, on the platform and doing well? <laughs> um yeah. For the squats, I, I was so
1: I was so much more confident in myself. So yeah, I was able to visualize that. Um for Bench. Sometimes it goes well. Sometimes it doesn't go as planned. Um, deadlifts. At times, I don't really think of visualizing it because it just feels like it's automatic. But squats was something that I had to train myself to visualize, so I could, you know, perform better.
0: It's in terms of like uh, mental prep. Some people, it, we do this to ourselves regardless. Where if you, some people tell themselves negative things over and over without thinking about it, Mm -hmm. Um, just the way they talk, the way they refer to themselves. And some people constantly stay positive, referring to themselves or talking about outcomes positively. And you don't realize how much of an impact that will have on you in your Mm day-to-day. And I remember I had on Jennifer Milliken, who's like a couple time world champion IPF. She's a 63 kilo now. And I remember she said, if you want to know how you impact yourself, If you took everything you said about yourself, whether it was joking or serious, and you put it on a sweater, and I made you wear that sweater around all day, what would people say when they saw it? And if they seen that sweater and you use words like, like sometimes people can be like, like ugly, um, weak, like people talked about themselves like that. Mm -hmm. if, If people said if they saw you wearing that sweater, what would they think about you? would they be, you know, and, and she was telling me it's in the podcast. I'm like, fuck, she's like, even if you're joking, but if you say it enough fucking times, you yeah. know, you're affirming this to yourself. So that's when it's like, stop that negative talk, man. Or, or a joke. Cool. Every now and then. But like, come back with something positive, you know, like yeah. remember that sweater, man, like you are. Cause whether or not you actually are wearing that sweater or not, you are wearing that sweater. Yeah. If you, you're you know, like, like, it. yeah, you, it, 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 if literally, you don't. Exactly. <laughs> literally, you don't have that sweater on. I promise you, when you walk around, they see it on your face. When your shoulders are slump, when you're whatever mm-hmm. the shit, people know. You know, like so. And, yeah. and when someone walks in the room and they're confident, it's like people know that too. You're wearing that sweater. <laughs> exactly. So just, just be careful how you talk to yourself. And it's not natural for some people. Different people have different upbringings, and you don't know how people were talked about when they were on their way up as a kid or whatever. So it's easier said than done, but that's why sometimes as an adult, you say like, I'm gonna start practicing positive affirmations. I'm gonna start telling myself, like maybe mm-hmm. this isn't natural for me to be this confident, and put myself in these situations. So I have to try a little harder, that's fine. So you mm-hmm. do like you do. And you're like, I'm just gonna tell myself, <laughs> like I'm not a mental prep coach, but I'm just gonna tell myself, like, I'm I'm fearless, I'm strong, I could do this. And you say right. it over and over. And you like Muhammad Ali said, he's like, I said I was the greatest before I even knew I was. I just said it <laughs> so many times. He's like, when I was nothing, I said it so many times. And then when yeah. I actually become the champion, I was like, holy shit, I actually am. I, yeah, I am the have, greatest. <laughs> yeah, he's like, holy <laughs> smokes. But um, you just got to keep saying it, man. Just believe it. Mm-hmm. Eventually, if nothing else, you're going to hop on that platform and give your all without any kind of restraints. Um, so yeah, I love it when people talk about like, there's something about like for some people, when it doesn't come natural, it's fucking there's something there's no such thing as bravery if there isn't some kind of fear or anxiety around it.
2: What's yeah, brave then? People exactly. play it off.
0: People talk like I wasn't even scared. I wasn't. Well, it wasn't really brave then, was it? No. Anybody can do something when you're not scared. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Like, well, no shit. I guess you'd right. Um, Leading into this, everyone knows US Raw and that's an area I know I'm, cap, I'm, I'm monopolizing Get If you want to jump in, my man, by all means, um, I'll catch us up to IPF Worlds. Uh, leading into this, USAPL gets suspended and you know, what? Kim, like Kimberly Walford's the go. She's the greatest mm-hmm. of all time. Her records, numbers don't lie. It doesn't matter. Uh, people exactly. can't even debate this. She's mm-hmm. won seven US Raw Nationals and you know how hard that is seven yeah. world titles. You know how hard that is. Uh, it's ridiculous. Her record is impeccable. Right. And, and she's the GOAT. And then Anna Rosa Castellane, two-time world champion in two different weight classes,
2: mm-hmm. world
0: records, whatever the hell. USAPL is being suspended and we don't think the U.S. Raw, Raw national teams can be able to go. Mm-hmm. And of all people that reach out to you, right. now how crazy is this? How did this happen? And were you like, what
1: the fuck? Well, <laughs> yes. I, I mean I, I still feel that way. Like this the story in itself is absolutely unbelievable. Right. And I, I listened to the podcast where uh you, you guys interviewed her and you said it's like a boxer picking up their opponent to go <laughs> to the fight. Like who would do that? <laughs> I, I gotta make who? sure this bot yeah, I know right. we're fighting tonight. I don't care what happens. We're fighting like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the story is, is crazy in itself. Um, Like, so we got suspended on a Friday and I made some posts talking about how distraught I was. But like, so that was on a Sunday and Monday. Like I just came to peace with the situation. All right, I'm not going. Um, it, it is what it is. And later on that day, like I was just in the grocery store and I got a video call from Kimberly Warford. And I'm like, did I pocket out her? And she's calling me <laughs> yeah. back, like, what do you want? <laughs> yeah,
0: like, this is not every you day. You're with? the produce yeah. aisle.
1: <laughs> yeah, I actually, I was getting like uh, protein pancakes. Yeah, you were. <laughs> I still hey, remember. That's a power lifter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, so that was my first thought. Then I was like, is she pocket dialing me? I don't know what's happening. I'll answer it and see what happens. But yeah. <laughs> that oh, yeah. call. Yeah. And um, she asked, would you like to still go to Worlds? And I'm like, well, yes, of course. But how is that possible? Like everything's over and done. with. And she like explained things to me and walked me through it. And I remember at the end of the call, she said, well, I know you're going to go hard, but I'm going to go hard too. <laughs> I, I, like, I expect nothing less from the goat man i expect yeah. nothing less. and so like after that call i was shaking in the grocery store because like, i couldn't believe that this was possible and this could happen and then to really think like we're competitors and she would still reach out to me because like you said when you guys interviewed her she didn't have to do anything like she didn't have to reach out and especially to someone in her own weight class right so um, yeah, it has pretty amazing story. How everything turned out.
0: Yeah, she, she literally, she didn't have to try to stop you from going. She just had to like, not do anything. Mm-hmm. Like like yeah. like she just had to chill and, and one of the people in her pathway would have been cleared, you know, mm-hmm. like it's yeah. a testament to um, who Kimberly Walford is where, you know, she's not going to go out like that. She's a, uh, yeah, she, she will make sure it's like in the right of, a fair play like she wants to make sure everybody has their way there mm-hmm. and i can't believe what a fucking phone call for you to get other people in the grocery store are probably looking like what's going on over there they have no idea oh well, no you no know, weirdly you? enough
1: i was the only person in that aisle at the time <laughs> that's <laughs> so nobody saw me shaking like having tremors or whatnot
0: <laughs> what it, 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 it's isn't it wild out on a friday you think your dream gets taken from you um <laughs> over the course of the weekend you're like Ah, shit, man, like, oh, you got to tell your friends and family, like, yeah, I guess mm-hmm. we're not go- like, that's very tough conversations. People who are so proud of you and you have yeah. to tell them. And then on a fucking Monday, your whole world changes back again. Like it just yeah. it, it shows you like, hang in there. Things can change in a day. Right. You know, like, like a phone call could change everything. Um, yeah. So when you when you find out you're going to worlds in leading into worlds, like if, if USAPL, Ron Nats. You're you're on the radar. People are picking you in the in the lead ups. Um, I think you're probably the favorite going into U.S. Raw Nats, but it was competitive. But You're probably a favorite, I think. Right, um, Arian, is that right? I, I, we were all picking her, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, it was it was like, a, you know, people didn't know who Chandler was, but, you know, they look at the totals and they see she has the highest numbers. And, you know, it was a little bit up in there as far as the weight class changes. But I think yeah, a lot of people were expecting just based on the nominated totals.
0: This would be like I think we're looking at like this would be when Chandler like it's like how you like me now type deal. This is your coming out party where everyone gets to see here's what I can do right Uh, at a big stage. Um, But going into worlds, stitch different, going into worlds, it was (laughs) like, um, like, holy shit. Uh, You went from like, here's the party where everybody's going to find out who I am to. Oh, my God, I'm walking beside Giants. Like, exactly. like you couldn't get bigger in terms of like people in the class. Um, so were you like leading into worlds? You had said a little bit like, oh my God, I feel a little bit of imposter syndrome here because mm-hmm. it, it happened so quickly. And, um, and I totally get that. Were you, you had to have heard the, and you heard the Kimberly Walford podcast and you knew all the historic, what was at stake for Kimberly? What was at stake for Anna? And then here comes mm-hmm. the new, you know, being yourself coming into the fold and you fly, and, and you know what's happening because of Kimberly, you're flying to the other side of the world, you, you show up at the hotel, there's people from all over the world there, and the hype around IPF worlds. I know you have done an international meet before, but in terms yeah. like the hype, in terms uh, of like the exposure in terms of like the amount of preview shows, podcasts, analyzing what's gonna happen, the posts leading up to, you know, you see everything coming up and everyone's like, Battle of 69 is gonna be as close as as you get. You got three people so clustered. We're, when you show up in Sweden and everyone's at the hotel and some people know each other, some people don't. Yeah. What was your overall impression? Cause I see you there and uh, I see you a lot. Like I knew who you were and whatnot. But were you, did you feel like overwhelmed? Did you feel excited? Did you feel, what were your feeling walking in there before it was going to happen? Um,
1: I felt excited. I, I didn't feel overwhelmed. Like leading up to it, I, I felt overwhelmed. I'm like, this meet this is probably going to be the meet where I don't get first place in my weight class. Like there may have been people who picked me to take worlds, but I was, uh, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if, like, if it was Kimberly or Anna, right, and so I was like, well, I'm just going to show up and do what I can do, and so, like, I was just at peace with that if I didn't, when I'm gonna do everything I can, but I, I also know what I'm going up against, so I wasn't overwhelmed, but I, I was very excited, because doing IPL Worlds, no, it it, it wasn't, you know the same, the, it's an international meet, but it wasn't as big, right, and, um and, like, I don't mean this with disrespect, but the competition also wasn't as tightly packed. And so this was a whole different story. Um, so a bit nervous yet, but overwhelmed. No, I, I dealt with that through prep, trying to get my, uh, just keep my head focused.
0: One thing that'll help with IPL Worlds, like, if not, like, yeah, you're not going to have Kimberly Walford Anna, and um, uh, Sarah Mazantini from uh, from italy and mart jenner from from norway um mm-hmm. like you don't have killers like that necessarily but you will have at least you will have traveled to the other side of the world you have dealt with the travel right. you yeah. have dealt with time zone change you will have dealt with like those that kind of stuff which people yeah. talk about how much that rattles people talk about how much mm-hmm. it affects your body like you wake up in the morning and you feel like you haven't slept or you or you maybe you didn't sleep much because of it mm-hmm. um, yeah. so at the very least you would it, it'll there are little steps that will have helped. Um, I remember being in the hotel and I heard you go, I heard somebody say, six, I look back and that was you. And I was like, Chandler, and we, <laughs> we took a picture. I still got that picture, I'm gonna post it. Yeah. But um, yeah, I re- <laughs> so I remember seeing you before, I remember seeing you afterwards. I'm like, man, we gotta get you on the podcast. But uh, so going in, you were kind of like, it did it in a way alleviate pressure knowing that there was all time greats and giants in the session where you're like, look, they got a lot of pressure on them. Like it, p- people, if, if us raw nats, there was people picking you and a couple shit, there's some pressure on me going mm-hmm. at the worlds. You can almost be like, look at people were, were like, we were posting as well. And like, you know, mm-hmm. so people knew about you, but at the very least you'd be like, it's not all on me though. You know, the pressure's being shared. Right. These guys got yeah, a yeah. lot of pressure as well.
1: maybe subconsciously I I was thinking that because the conversation was more about Kimberly and Anna because I mean they were going after history right and so yeah a bit a lot of it was shared not just you know oh yeah I'm the favorite like no there are two other huge favorites in this in this story so it it was
0: definitely shared (laughs) did that help were you like because because you could be like man I if they weren't around, I would have got more shine leading into it. Or were you like, I'll let them carry a little bit of this burden as well?
1: <laughs> I couldn't even really think of that. I was just happy to even be there in the first place because I, I so easily could have just been at home in Michigan watching from my laptop, right? Fair. So <laughs> I, I was just happy to be there. I couldn't even think of, you know, how it the pressure may have affected other people.
0: Did you, when you got there, did you see Kimberly beforehand? Yeah, I saw her the day before, the day before the meet. And did you, did you talk to her at all about like, what was said? Because it's kind of a weird, the way it unfolded, (laughs) were you kind of like, hey, I'm sorry, but I'm coming. She's probably like, yeah, me too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, we already said that like the first time uh, we spoke, like uh, when she called me. But I went to the hotel to meet up with uh, my handler because my coach uh, didn't come. So I met up with my handler, Garmes. And I I got there really early because I need – or, well, yeah, we had to take the shuttle bus. And then I was going to meet him – at the uh, at the venue and she's like oh well Garmez is here just come over like I, it was random her and I seeing each other and she was like oh just come over here and you know he'll be over here in a few minutes and we didn't actually talk about the meet at all like mm-hmm. she just introduced me to the rest of the USVI team mm-hmm. and later on Garmez was like well actually I didn't want you to see her and I was like oh, no. <laughs> I didn't even think that was a big deal. Like, like, I already talked to her a couple of times. What
0: does it matter now? <laughs> It'd be funny if Garmez was like, was she fucking with you?
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. He, he like, trying to get in your head
1: or something? Right, like, that's
0: right. No, She's not like, at all. <laughs> like a mental ninja. Be careful, man. Be careful.
1: Right, yeah, yeah. But no, but, I, I just uh, got introduced to the USVI team. It was, I didn't feel weird about uh, meeting her.
0: That's good. That's good. And when you were floating around the hotel a little bit and mm-hmm. seeing people, what was it like seeing people from all over the world in there and these people you had seen on social media and whatnot? Was it, what was it like? It was, it was so cool. You know, you hear people
1: like speaking different languages and whatnot. And then <laughs> being a, an American, for whatever reason, we have so much pride in only speaking one language. And so it's like, well, I, I kind of know Spanish, but I, I don't know Norwegian. I don't know Dutch. I don't know yeah, Italian yeah. <laughs> at all. So it, it's cool, but intimidating because they speak like three, four languages sometimes. And I'm like, you guys are so cool.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, that's humbling, man. Um, yeah. <laughs> when you're in Europe, because they're like so obviously far more clustered together. Mm-hmm. It's far more common for them to have a bunch of different languages that they speak words for us, man. Yeah, it's so... Yeah. Long, as, as the announcer, I'm back there um before every session, being like, how do I properly pronounce your last name? Because I will oh, yeah. anglicize the hell <laughs> out of it. And um, so I'm like, say it the way you want me to say it. And I'm rewriting their names, like you know, the pronunciation of it, not how it's actually yeah. spelled. write it phonetically. <laughs> phonetically, that's the word I'm looking for. Thank you. And um And some of the people see me writing their names. They're like, no, 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 no. You're writing it down wrong. I'm like, no, I know I am. This is how I (laughs) got to say it, man. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it's wild. So you're back there in the competition starting. And are you paying attention to how this competition is unfolding this time, looking at the scoreboard and seeing what's going on?
1: Uh, Oh, no, I I didn't want to know. The the only time I looked at the board was uh, when I missed my second deadlift. Then I got nervous. But before then... I was completely calm. I didn't want to know where I was. I was just in my own lane.
0: Did, did you see, because in in the, uh, you had missed, you said previously, you had gotten a little bit nervous. I'm just pulling up the scoreboard here. You had gotten a little nervous for US Raw Nats after missing one of your squats. So you missed your mm-hmm. third, you went for a world record and you missed mm-hmm. that one. Um, yeah. Did you at any point, were you aware what was going on with Kimberly and Anna in terms of them missing lifts? Were you aware? Cause it got, it got, it got a little scary. Kimberly got um, yeah. pinned underneath one of the squats and yeah, then Kimberly yeah. being Kimberly popped up. I'm like, I'm good. Like, you know, Kimberly's Kimberly's a, <laughs> she's the terminator. Right. Yeah. But, um, but still it wasn't the day that they had planned. Were you yeah. aware it wasn't, it wasn't unraveling the way they had planned and they, you were in a good spot.
1: Um, I wasn't sure where Anna was. I, I saw when, like, uh, Kimberly got pinned under one of the squats. Like, I just saw her go down, and I heard a thump, and I was like, "Oh shit, what just happened?" But um, then she came in the back, and it's like, whatever. Dude, she, she,
0: <laughs> listen, you like, want you want to talk mentally tough? She came yeah. out and did the same weight. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, she's
1: a monster. Superhuman. Um, right. But I I thought Kimberly was closer to me than she was. um, I think after my first deadlift, it's like, well, I don't, I wasn't sure where Anna was, but I didn't think she was um, that close to me. But when it came to Kimberly, I guess, because she was deadlifting more than, she was attempting more than me on her second and third. I thought she was like pulling for gold, really. (laughs) Mm. Because like I had in my mind after listening to, your podcast and uh, another one they always say oh well she always pulls for the gold and I'm like oh man she's pulling for the gold again (laughs) 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 like I was so nervous when I I missed my last deadlift I'm like oh no she might get me like I I really thought that um yeah she was closer to me than what she was so I wasn't sure where anyone else was I didn't want to know I thought everyone was closer to me than what they were.
0: It, it, well, first off, Kimberly is like Jason Voorhees from Friday the 13th. Uh, like you can't kill her. She's gonna <laughs> keep coming back, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. like She gets pinned by a squat, comes back and is like, let's keep going, you know, yeah. like this. Yeah. Um, but uh, maybe it helped to not entirely, you know, to keep you on point mm-hmm. and, and keep you like revved up where you need to be. But leaving the squat session, Kimberly and Anna Rosa, who are both, obviously we we've talked about how heavily hyped they were coming in only mm-hmm. had one squat apiece, um, So, and it uh, was their opening weight, I believe. So yeah, things were not going the way they had planned. However, um, Jenner and Mazatini from Italy, uh, Mart went three for three and Mazatini mm-hmm. got three of her, two or two of her three squats and were pacing abnormally high compared to like where we thought, you know, everyone was thinking the podium was gonna be you, Anna and Kimberly. So when those two started pulling in, it was, it was getting a little bit dicey, but you, I guess you were somewhat unaware, like, holy shit, there was going to be a major shakeup here. Um, In your bench press, you went, you went two for three. So you went two for three in squat, two for three in the bench press. And then you went into the deadlifts, going into the deadlifts, knowing you had missed your, your thirds and you just got your opening deadlift and then after that, you had missed your second and third. So what happened when the deadlifts And when you're missing your second and third, is that why you were like, holy shit? If you didn't know where you were, you mm-hmm. might be telling yourself, I missed my third squad. I missed my third bench. And I only got my opening dead. You might be like, oh my God, the, you know, you might, if you were totally unaware, I could see where you'd be like, ah, shit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That, that's exactly how it was. I was like, I just fucked myself. Like, like, I I was so nervous. I I was so sure that um, I I wasn't in first. I I thought maybe I'd be on the podium, but I was pretty sure I wasn't in first when I missed my second and third deadlift. Um, As far as deadlifts, I really think it was the limited rest time. Like, throughout this prep, I mean, throughout my whole powerlifting career, I've never timed my rest. I just go when I felt ready for the next set. And so with this, this meet was so fast, we started and lifted in less than two hours. Mm-hmm. I, like even on my light accessory day, I don't finish in two hours in the mm-hmm. gym. So to do maxes in that, you know, amount of time, that was crazy. I, I wasn't uh, prepared for that. So like now I'll start timing my rest, but when it came down to deadlifts, like, and and you said to me, you can't even listen to a song before you're up again. <laughs> <laughs> and so when I'm like in the gym, I usually listen to a song and a half or two songs before I do the next set. And so my body just wasn't used to that pace of for me. Um, I'm quite sure if I had an extra minute or two, I would have locked out at least my second attempt on deadlifts. But yeah, it the timing messed
0: me up it, it was so fast yeah the, the weight was something you would hit before like you would hit that at, at u.s raw now it's like more than that mm-hmm. um, yeah. so yeah it, w- it was a reasonable attempt selection it's mm-hmm. just um you know I, I remember was that on the broadcast that i said that i remember saying on the broadcast for a couple of these flights when they were smaller flights and and it's just rocking and rolling right through i remember yeah, saying exactly. if some people don't adjust Um, it will, Mm -hmm. it will catch up to you. And you think about like, for instance, Kimberly who got pinned by a squat had to come back like really quickly had to come back yeah exactly and take the same weight, you know, Mm -hmm. like, thank God she's Kimberly Walford. She doesn't get pinned again, but um, you know, for, for, I think it affected a lot of people. It's just, it's just one of those things. Yeah. It
1: it definitely affected me. Um, Having like this 10 minutes in between squat and bench and 20 minutes between deadlift and bench. Like you spend that time warming up, you don't actually rest. Um, you don't have any time to eat, get any more nutrients than you. That's and true. if you do it, like it, it won't do anything, <laughs> it won't be digested and whatnot till after the award ceremony.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> when you're collecting your metal, like well, I feel content now, <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But, um,
1: yeah, it was so quick. Like, I forgot to take off my knee sleeves and change my shoes in between squats and bench like I still had on my knee sleeves I had the wrong shoes on I usually bench and like notorious lift I still had on my converse like That's I completely right. forgot about all that stuff because it was just moving so fast um and I think we only had eight or nine people um in our flight and so I mean it was just one flight so it was so fast if it was two flights maybe I would have felt better but yeah it was incredibly fast so that's something I get accustomed to now, shorter rest periods.
0: What do you, Arian, you've been obviously a head coach, U.S. for Nats, um, like a U.S. team's head coach for these. Do you, when you walk into these, are you like aware of, do you pay attention to me? Like, okay, shit, this is actually a pretty small flight. And do you start having conversations with lifters and trying to adjust, but at the same time? I mean, you can't adjust too much or else you could accidentally take your lifter out of, out of the equation when mm-hmm. <laughs> not stacking your chips. How do you adjust this kind of thing, Arian, as a coach?
2: I mean, you have to just adjust as far as like preparing in advance. So we tell the lifters, like, you know, when they have the final nominations, like, hey, your flight has, or your group has this many lifters. It's going to be this many flights. You're probably going to finish in this amount of time. People who are lucky that get the two flights. Yeah, it might be a three, three and a half hour session for <laughs> people who are one flight. Like this was nine lifters then yeah, you're maybe down to two, two and a half lifters. So some people have to be aware that you might do a local meet and it might be, you know, four hours uh, on the shorter side, (laughs) might be six or eight hours on the the longer (laughs) side.
0: It's it's like a job. (laughs) Then you go to worlds
2: and yeah, in like two and a half hours, you're already on on the award ceremony. So lifter has to be ready for that. Um, Especially if you just happen to be in a weight class one year where there's less, less lifters, so they don't even have a choice to make it longer for you if they even wanted to. But in general, too, it seems like around since 2017 Worlds, they've been trying to go to these shorter and shorter sessions. And so they might move people to two platforms or now with the whole uh, contract with Eurosports, it seems like they may go to two separate sessions with a A group and a B group. Mm -hmm. So people got to get used to these quicker sessions and got to get training that way. Like Chandler said, start tracking your rest time, make sure you have whatever quick snacks you want to eat, make sure Mm -hmm. you know you don't disappear and go talk to your buddies in the the crowd (laughs) between the breaks because you got to go to the bathroom, eat and start warming up.
0: Exactly, yeah. In in terms of a viewer, Like I know for the lifters, it's probably tougher. It is tough. It is tougher. But Mm. in terms of the viewer, I got to tell you, the action is phenomenal because it's nonstop. Like uh, there is no lull, so to speak, like openers is usually, usually when it's somewhat of a lull because everyone's just hitting whatever they need to hit. But we went through openers so quick. We are on second attempt so fast. And the second Mm -hmm. attempts, people are already missing because the opener was so quick towards it. Yeah. Watching it. It was, it was riveting. Watching it, it was like a like it was like because of the surprises and the changing of momentum and whatnot, it was amazing Mm -hmm. to watch. Um, but so I could see why because Eurosport, I don't know if that well, yeah, you saw the deal be struck, yeah, (laughs) 160 million homes like Eurosport is like Europe has 200 million more people than the US. So I know ESPN's big, but you could picture how big some of these like deals they're making in Europe are and Eurosport oh, yeah. also is viewed in Asia and whatnot. So it's going to be huge. It's going to be big. And um, you want tight, fast action. That's yeah. no laws. You want to take out those laws. So I anticipate, you know, this is going to happen Aaron, when this battle was unfolding. And I know you were watching, what were you thinking? Were you surprised? Were you, did you somewhat see some of this coming? And, and when you saw some people missing and some people were actually streaking, like the Norwegian was was went 3 for 3 and started pulling ahead a little bit what were your thoughts when you're watching this <laughs>
2: I did not see this coming. I was in the same group as everyone else where I thought it was going to be Chandler, Kimberly, and Anna for top three in some order, whatever order it ends up being. And this was one of the first sessions where it was like, you know, three or 4 a.m. for us here on Eastern U.S. So I didn't watch it live. So I woke up in the morning. I didn't look at any social media. And I went and watched the the recap to like just slowly watch what was going on. But when I saw those openers, I was like, man, these are some aggressive openers for a number of lifters. And I was like, this could end up being like where everyone is seeing such a tight race. Everyone thinks everyone's progressed so much. Everyone opens up very aggressive. You start seeing people miss attempts and whoever makes more attempts ends up winning. Um, And in this case, because it's nine lifters, uh, sometimes it hurts you to miss attempts because now you may be earlier in the order. So if you were like, let's say the ninth squatter, but the eighth squatter was only two and a half kilos less than you on their second attempt and you miss... Then they jump you on attempt, and now you're the eighth squatter. So now you're getting like double punished for missing attempts. And I was like, this this, this could turn out to be rough. And then I'm watching it, and I'm like, yeah, like, you know, Anna missing two on one of her best lifts is rough. Kimberly missing two on one of her lifts where she's not as as strong is not that bad. But then Kimberly misses two benches, and it's like, okay, this is not going the right way for her. Um, I think initially Anna missed her opener, del of two and got it overturned, but then she ended up missing two more. And so that really knocked her out of place. So that's what brought the Norwegian and Italian lifter really up there. But again, I did not see that coming, uh, going into it. Um, You know, it started unfolding. I was, as I was watching all the attempts being missed.
0: That's a really good point that I forgot too, is not only do you, when you, when you like fail a lift and you max out, you empty the tank trying to get that lift. Coming back, in emptying the tank again, it takes a lot out of you. There's only so many times you could empty the tank, right. um, you know, and and so that affects you. But also I didn't even, you know, I forgot about like Arian saying, we're previously in the order of lifting. If you're lifting after a bunch of people, you see them coming, you, you know what you wanna put in for attempt selection, but when you miss and you retake that same weight, now you're going first, they're coming after you. Mm-hmm. Now they see what you're putting in, and they're, they're the ones that now get to look behind and be like, oh, okay, well, we, we know what we got to do to keep our lead. Now it becomes right. easier. Um, mm-hmm. and that's another good point area. Where like, it could, it's a shakeup for the lifter in terms of how strong they feel. Cause they're emptying the tank. And it's a mm-hmm. shakeup for the coaching staff. Who's like, well, we just lost our advantage of knowing what to put in. Now we have to guess. Cause we're going first um and once you it's 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 beautiful for sports to watch where once you start falling behind you it's easy to stay behind and once you start falling behind it's harder to pull ahead on the flip side when you do pull ahead once that starts happening it's amazing to watch too right the big comfort behind oh my god (laughs) um but yeah it's a it was it was interesting and i'm sure as a You know, an experience for you where you go into deadlifts, you hit your opening deadlift and you weren't, so you weren't watching at all after you hit your opener, were you just like, I don't want to see nothing. You know, you've seen the Italian is Mm -hmm. you, you know, you missed your second or third, the Italians hitting and you're like, oh my God, what is happening? Like, when did you find out you became a world champion? Um,
1: So after I missed my last deadlift, I like threw my belt. I was so mad. I went back, I threw my belt and I like ran outside and I was crying because I was so upset. I was like, I can't believe, like I'm genuinely haunted by the fact that I didn't at least lock out on my second attempt because I was so close. I I was so close to locking out. And usually even on my worst day, if I get the bar past my knees, I'm locking it out. And so I was in shock that I didn't uh, hit that second deadlift. And so I was in shock, I was angry, I threw my belt, and I was outside crying, and then a couple minutes later, Kimberly Warford comes out, and she said, congratulations on being a world champ. And I said, what? <laughs> I didn't.
0: <it. laughs> this... I didn't think I, I did <laughs> Kimberly's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Dude, what's yeah. going on? This is like you leading into worlds all over again where it was like your dream was there then they got taken away from you and it was Kimberly Walford who gave you your dream back the exact yeah. same thing just happened outside of the world championship so where yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. oh man it's gone from me all over Kimberly Walford <laughs> walks in and is like hey let me give Congratulations. you good. yeah, yeah. <laughs> she <laughs> should have
2: just, just left Chandler hanging until the war ceremony then during the war she realized oh shit I won
0: right I'm like oh it wasn't me <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, I don't even know if I'm gonna show up to the award ceremony. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so upset right now. Um, and when you found out you were a world champion, you know, and, and everything that's led into this, you know, what mm-hmm. was it like when you when it dawned on you? I'm a world champion. When you were on that podium and they put mm-hmm. a gold medal around your neck, and um, you know, everybody at home, all your friends, all your family, all your supporters. Yeah, what was it like? Oh, I don't even know what's going through my mind. I was
1: just, just happy and still amazed that I was able to to get gold. But I was like, "Wow, this is what it's like." Hopefully, we can get to the Olympics. Like that's what I was thinking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're, you're already like, "Now this is good," but I want some Olympic Olympic action.
1: <laughs> I was just taking the moment and because sometimes people. I know when they go through like a really exciting event or a big event life and or any sporting event and after they're like oh I don't even remember what happened because you know it was so much excitement around it but I try to stay really present Mm. because I'm like as much as I love to do this again injuries happen life happens you don't know if you're going to go to another world
0: so I was just present and just happy it um that's one of the biggest things, like every now and then I try to be like, stop, take a look around. And it's easier said than done when mm-hmm. you're you're focused, you have so much to do, you have so much, you know, you're literally just focusing your head around like squatting, benching. You can't just stop and smell the flowers necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's difficult. Yeah. Um, yeah. Every now and then you can. Every now and then you'll have a moment, right? Where, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like when you, when you see me in the hotel, six, and I turn around and it's like, okay, let, let's let's yeah. let's stop, let's take a pic, let's enjoy this moment. Yeah, but, yeah. But but you don't. Uh, but when it, you get to the venue, and it's game time, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you can't necessarily be like, there's Kimberly Walford. That's the woman. When I started following, you know, people on on Instagram when I she was one mm-hmm. of them. now right. yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. in the warm up room with her. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's a wild thing to think about. Be like, this is different now. Like this is this yeah, is. Kimberly Walford just walked outside and said, you won, you know, this is, that's the goat, (laughs) That's the person I was following. Now she's telling me like it's moments like that, you know, where, um, yeah, you got to stop and appreciate and you're right. It's difficult to get to the world championships and you never know uh, Mm -hmm. what's going to happen in the future. So, um, but in terms of like the, the possibility moving forward um, with the IPF, you know, you've you seen their mandate. Obviously, we're the IPF is on the Olympic Channel. Uh, yeah, we yeah. were all we were all on the Olympic Channel when that happened, which is cool. And the IOC is watching the Olympic Channel and looking at the viewership, looking at the action, seeing how the presentation is, and they are literally looking at like, would this be? Would this does this appear like an Olympic sport? Does this run like an Olympic sport? Is the action there? Chandler, the 69 kilo class, you guys showed up. and yes that would have been amazing tv it it had everything it had upsets it had um you know it had like legends in the mix it had new upstarts Mm -hmm. that were you know in the mix it had it had all the different plot lines it was bad it had the drama it it had the drama you know (laughs) and um so it lived up and then on top of that um so so that that worked out also so the deals being struck for like Eurosport that we talked about earlier with massive reach and powerlifting being on a massive channel like that. These channels, when they look at the Olympic channel they need to see what they saw. They need to be like, is this interesting? Or is this boring? Am I watching right. people lift weights? Like our, I could go to my buddy's house and watch them lift weights, right. that's not, that's yeah, not fun. Yeah. When they watched what happened, it was like oh my god and like yes that's a sport you got to understand like some people they're not powerlifters they can't wrap their head around how does this sport watch right. yeah, yeah. Well, it watches well <laughs> it watches really well it can be riveting stuff it can be like really dramatic stuff and then the IPF pushing for inclusion in like um, like obviously they're already in the world games which is all these different sports in the world games like when golf mm-hmm. baseball when they go into the Olympics they leave the world games. And they go in the Olympics or if a sport leaves the Olympics, it goes into the world games or closely associated uh, rugby, whatever the heck gets moved over. Mm -hmm. Um, Sambo just went from world games over to, um, you know, the Olympics now. And, uh, but not only that, IPF is pushing for like the European games, Asian games, world master games, university games, the more and more multi-sport games where you show up at this event and it's an athlete compound, just like the Olympics and there's yeah. major sponsors, and there's people watching that aren't just powerlifting fans or sports fans. The mm-hmm. more and more games powerlifting gets included in, in Eurosport, in the Olympic channel, you get closer and closer to that Olympic dream where the Olympics are like, yeah, why not? Yeah. No, they're, 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 yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. There are all these multi sports uh, events, they're on all these major channels. The, the viewership is amazing. It is a true international sport with 130 nations involved. You know, it's it's possible, oh, yeah. it's possible, you know? Um, so who knows, how old are you Chandler? I'm 28. Well, you got plenty of time too. <laughs> you got plenty of time. I mean, Kimberly's um, in her early forties and she right, was yeah, like, yeah. she was the champ 2019 in her forties. So right. you, God knows, man, you know, like <laughs> just keep, keep doing what you're doing. Right. Um, how were people receptive when you came home, and and your friends and family are like, holy shit, Chandler? <laughs> Did were they I, watching or
1: Oh, it, some of them were able to
0: watch, and yeah, a lot.
1: Some of my friends were able to watch, and a lot of my family they uh, got up and watched it. And I got a lot of WhatsApp messages and whatnot. Yeah. And so, like, it they they were really happy for me. One of my friends was like, I had no idea what was going on, but I'm happy I watched you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: she's Um, like i think she's doing well
1: (laughs) right yeah yeah like how the meet was ran it was so different for me because it was so fast but i get why they want that shorter uh the shorter time periods because for people who aren't true powerlifting fans they don't want to watch lifting start at nine and be done at 5 p.m yeah (laughs) and so i think uh that helps as far as yeah people like my family and friends watching it because it was 3 a.m here eastern time that they had to get up or stay up that late so i can't imagine them like waking up at three and then watching till 10. Like
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, your parents are like i love you but come on <laughs> exactly <laughs> like, like, they're like area and they're like i'm probably just gonna catch this in the morning <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. but uh yeah yeah no i i totally get that and it's true um and that's friends and family you can imagine if you're like someone interested in the sport, let me check it out. It's on the Olympic champs on Eurosport. You might not invest four hours in or five hours into mm-hmm. a sport you're just checking out. You need you need it moving quicker. You need it moving right, yeah. like a quicker clip. We got to rock and roll here. Um, yeah, one hundred percent. But it's a so a question I was asking some of the other U.S. lifters because you had to straight up resign from the U.S. APL to mm-hmm. go to the IPF World Championships. Yeah. Um, and it looks like the USAPL is going to be, uh, well, they're, they're having a vote whether or not the USAPL is going to stay with the IPF. It doesn't look good. It looks like heavily leaning towards USAPL will be removed from the IPF. Mm. What are your future plans? You've already resigned from USAPL and you're with the, the IPF. And presumably, um, if the USAPL does leave the IPF, there'll be a new affiliate. Uh, so it won't be just always through the USVI route. Although some people, so there's options here you could go USAPL, you could go USPA, you know, you could return there, you could go yeah. stay with USVI, um, you could go the possible new affiliate. And, mm-hmm. and, but, so do you have plans for the future in terms of what you think you might do? Um, Right right this moment, I'll
1: be staying with USVI. Um, so I'll, like, God willing, if I go to Worlds, I'll, I'll still be with USVI. Um, Afterwards, worlds i don't know <laughs> i don't know how things are going to shape out so much craziness has happened i have no I, I couldn't tell you what the future is going to be like um i i wouldn't go back to uspa not because i have an issue i, I like lifting with them I especially like the weighing in 24 hours before instead yeah. of the morning of <laughs> not that i have an issue making weight i just thought it was convenient but yeah. um <laughs> yeah i, I won't be going back because that would like hinder my chances of possibly going to the Sheffield and that's the big ticket item right there I don't want to do that because if if I go back to USPI I might as well go go back to USAPL I'll be shooting myself in the foot regardless right um and the new American affiliate I don't know I'm just waiting to see what happens so I'll just stay with USPI right now and
0: whatever happens happens in the future (laughs) the goal is yeah and and you've learned that with your your pathway to this world you almost can't predict you almost got to sit back and make let's see exactly see see if Kimberly Walford keeps sending that phone you know hopping (laughs) on the phone with you you never know yeah Um, yeah. but the but the end goal is then IPF world championships anyways like your end goal is um whatever the pathway is you're not sure you'll you'll check out but Mm the the pathway you want to lead towards IPF worlds and then possibly Sheffield down after that yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm with you, man. Sheffield, um, oh my God. it's It yeah. looks like like <laughs> the, not only is the cash prizes like insane, they're talking like $300,000 US. Is that right, Arian? Do you remember? It, it, this was two years ago and it might be a little different. It might go up. It might go, who knows what's going to happen. But it was around yeah. 300K, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, when you got converted, it was somewhere around that.
0: Which is nuts. And the production yeah. value they were going to do for it, um oh yeah it, it was good. Gonna... just
1: turn powerlifting on its head like yeah. <laughs> i just know it's gonna be a huge meet and i think joey flex was on your show one time and he said he saw like how people had bought up seats already and whatnot yeah. and i'm like well how is it going to be that big and like a big venue too like
0: did you see the venue had like seating like like a like a like a arena and then there was, yeah, like like a second level where you look over onto the stage. It looked like, like it was it was like nothing we'd ever seen in powerlifting, and, and people were pre-buying seats and flights and yeah. packages. And right. the athletes, because um, your boy was gonna, your boy six was gonna be involved, and of course, and, um, <laughs> of course. and uh, so I was gonna do the commentary, but also like they had uh, plans for like athletes to take like a Q and a session, almost like a press conference with people who bought VIP. Oh yeah.
1: I remember you, uh, you talking about that. Would have been so
0: amazing. And, um, and I was going to help out with that as well. And like, uh, like it it would be, so the interaction between the lifters and and people who had flown in and whatnot, like we'd never seen stuff like this. Like it was going to be next level, beautiful production, the amount of like, detail it was going to actually look like we expect professional sports to look right yeah you know and um and it was going like like ipf worlds looked amazing on the olympic channel but Mm -hmm. also like it was because there's going to be fewer lifters it was going to be like far more intricate focused on those people and storylines leading into it and then um in the payout holy shit some of the cash prizes yeah (laughs) wouldn't hurt neither yeah, that doesn't hurt <laughs> at all. <laughs> it wouldn't hurt neither. Um, so we'll see. We'll we'll have to see how these things shake up. Um, Aaron, do you you got some questions you want to fire off, sir? Uh sure. One of the questions you
2: kind of like answered part of it, but just going over it is um people always like you know switch federations or pick a federation for a different reason. So mm-hmm. what's your reason for like 2018 competing in USAPL, then switching to USPA? in 2019, then switching back over to USAPL in 2020? Um,
1: I think I was just following my coach at the time. He was in USAPL, then he switched over to USPA. And so those two meets I did 2018, now that I think about it, they're so close together. I probably should have done that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, at the time, I didn't, Know anything about the different federations? Like I said, lifting was just lifting. I was having fun. I didn't know, like, uh, they use different bars with USPA and whatnot, which isn't an issue. Um, but I didn't know like the politics behind different federations. I just thought, oh, I lift forever; it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think I'll just follow my coach. She switched over to USPA, and then, like I said earlier, <laughs> I wasn't getting much recognition he was like man if you did a usapl nationals it would like you would have blew up and so i was like all right well go back to usapl (laughs) but it didn't matter to me where i lifted it uh as long as i could compete
2: i don't know if we should uh blame or thank ryan for not giving you any recognition (laughs) the the other the other question i have um a lot of people always like to know like you know more about the background of the lifter like you can go on on any you know open powerlifting or whatever and see the numbers the lifter hit but they like mm-hmm. hearing more of like you know more about the lifter the story behind them where they're from everything like that so everyone at worlds saw the trinidad and tobago headband you're wearing so yeah, they're wondering they're wondering like is your family from there have you visited like do any of the lifters from over there or reach out to you
1: um yeah so my dad is from there my mom's american my dad's from uh trinidad and tobago and so I I just wanted to wear the headband because I know unfortunately they haven't been able to compete internationally. Um, they don't really have a federation, and so I just wanted their flag to be on the world stage. Um, yeah, I I've, I've been there a couple times. I think the last time was early 2019. We went and we were supposed to go again uh, for my dad's 60th birthday, but COVID happened, so we couldn't go. Um, but one of the guys that works with uh, Rondell, his name is Sanji. Uh, he he reached out to me after USAPL Nationals, and so like I, I talked to him a little bit.
0: It's um, yeah. First off, it's a shame they don't have that powerlifting fed, and hopefully they get that sorted because somebody yeah. like Rondell, exactly.
1: Oh man, exactly. He's an amazing lifter. It's amazing. It's it's really a shame that you know after years, they're still going
0: through this. I, I can't believe it. There's got to be something done. Like I, I'm, I'm sure it's, it's easy for me to say, I don't know all the details of it. It could be mm-hmm. a very t- tough process, but I remember 2018 when the world was in Canada and Rondell won the juniors. And I remember being like, Oh my God, this kid is amazing. Yeah. Um, just like, I remember he's built for this. Like you, like I remember looking at his hands and his fingers and everything. I was like, (laughs) yeah, his his fingers are so long. Like that bar is not coming out of his his grip, man. Like, you know, he, certain people are just like built for this and it's a shame he's young. So he'll be back, but Mm -hmm. you know, these are some prime years, you know, it would have been amazing to have him in the one Oh fives, you know um, it, hopefully it works out. But I love that. You're Mm -hmm. like recognizing that they're going through what they're going through. And you're like, Here's a little bit of representation I could give them. Right. You know, here's a little bit if you're if you're somebody from there and you're watching, you'll see that flag and you'll be like, oh, "Okay." Oh, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. Respect. What what if in the future w- would that even be a possibility to represent them at Worlds or are you like, ah, I mean that's who knows." I would love to, but
1: I would have a lot of trepidation considering what has happened and considering who knows how long it's gonna take for them to get things settled. Yeah. And I don't wanna be in a, another vulnerable situation like I was a couple months ago. That's so. fair. <laughs> yeah, that's <So> fair. <laughs> uh, that's why I'm sticking with USBI. It seems to be a stable
0: situation. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. You know what? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Especially, um, you know, with everything you've already been through, I think you deserve to have a little bit more security with your future. exactly that's what i'm looking for security as much as i would love
2: to (laughs) maybe there would be some other you know solution like you know maybe some usvi lifters eventually one day go down to trinidad or some of those lifters come to usvi and do some kind of like friendly uh competition together
0: oh yeah that would be cool (laughs) it'd be something's got to get worked out yeah man Um, it it
2: will eventually but i don't know the details either but i believe there's lawyers involved when there's lawyers involved you kind of just gotta wait let the lawyers and the courts deal with it because I think there's like two, two groups making some claims. And then once it's all settled, then hopefully we'll be back to normal. Hopefully they'll be involved with North American championships and Caribbean championships, that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, we started seeing at the, at the very least with this world's, um, some solutions to these type of problems where like some lifters ended up obviously going to USVI, et cetera. So maybe Rondell in the future can make his way onto some team. I don't know how that works though, because, usvi is us and, right yeah uh, it was easy Trinidad, for us to do that but right, him, i don't know he would need like dual citizenship with a different country i don't know who mm. knows uh where there's a will there's a way. sometimes but sometimes it's nothing but time can fix this exactly yeah <laughs> uh, it kind of is what it is um so do you have plans for uh your next competition are you taking some time off uh what's well, the next for
1: you I have to do the USBN nationals in February. Oh, they—they um, they were a looking... little bit
0: of time. You got a little bit,
1: yeah, of time. a little bit of time. Um, so that—that that would have to be the next meet, and then uh, hopefully qualify for Worlds and Worlds after that.
0: And are you? Are things different now that you know going into twenty twenty one? Where you weren't on people's radar and you're having conversations with your coach, like, how do I get on people's radar? What's going on here? What do I gotta do to get a little respect <laughs> around here? Um, you know, it uh now you're you're everybody's seeing what you did. Um, you're getting reposts like crazy. You're on these podcasts, and whatnot. Um, your boy six got you now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um now is it feeling a little different going into 2022? You know, it it do you feel like? Or does it feel the same? Does it feel like you thought it would being a world champion? And maybe you won't even feel it until you go into next Worlds, and the hype instead is around you defending, and you are the queen of of the sixty nine kilo class. And like <laughs> maybe when the hype rolls around, like oh shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right now it it feels the same, but I'm sure uh, the hype leading up to it th- then I'll uh, then I'll start to feel it. Start to feel different.
0: There's no hiding no more, right? Like, like, right, right. um, yeah, Kimberly and Anna took some pressure going into this one because they're such big names. Mm-hmm. You're a world champion now,
1: yeah, man. You know, You're when a- um, you guys did a preview show, <laughs> and Arian yeah. had said, um, you know, she's only competed three times twice in Michigan, yeah,
0: he fucking did,
1: and you once, liar, uh, Arian. oh, t- twice in 2000, 2018, once in 2020, all in Michigan and like i was in shock when i heard that i was in the gym listening and like i stopped uh, i was doing what uh low rolls machine low rolls and i was like what did he just say <laughs> <laughs> but like at first i was like should i say something should i let people think i'm an inexperienced lifter maybe that could be my advantage yeah 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 yeah. And i kept listening like i kept going back to listening i'm like no i have to say something this is driving
2: me
0: crazy (laughs) you do think about it
2: i was gonna say imagine she's like she's at the gym she like slams the handle down did he just say that and people around her like (laughs) what me i didn't say anything (laughs)
0: and it's and it's that kind of scouting that makes me beat him on the fantasy league (laughs) I, i also cheated but, uh, but you, you
2: you you also say she competed in worlds in Italy multiple times, Ryan. So you gotta watch what you say too. Where
0: was oh, it? Italy? Where in was Ireland? It? Is Ireland? Damn, yeah. it. man. Okay. Well, I can't talk. Well, but, when, uh, we,
2: when we do IPF talk, we always pull up Open IPF, and so we made the mistake of not looking at Open Powerlifting and seeing the non-IPF events.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah, maybe maybe then. it could <laughs> be a
2: benefit there that no one knows the other meets that people have done.
0: Well, yeah. here's the thing. uh Yeah. So like that's. That's gone now. Like exactly. now we have, um, you know, have you noticed, a, have you noticed more people following? Has there, you know, sometimes you go in, I've, I've talked to people where they're like, I went into to a competition and had X amount of followers or whatnot. And then after a major competition, all of a sudden some bigger names start following you. Like, oh, now you're looking yeah. my way all of a sudden. Did you notice some things like that happening? Oh yeah. Um, after
1: Raw Nationals, I didn't even know for, a few weeks, but I saw uh, what's his name. I, I know people's Instagram handles more than their actual yeah. names.
2: Yeah. Drop
0: so, the handle,
1: yeah. King Pinson,
0: I was oh, like, yeah, hey. yeah, 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 he's following
1: me, <laughs> yeah. I,
0: I noticed that, <laughs> yeah. There'll be a few like that where, um, yeah. going in, I mean, some people it, it just absolutely kabooms. Russ was on here, he was talking about, um, this is a few years ago, but he said going into US Raw Nats like over. Over that weekend, he gained like ten thousand followers. This is, you know, it's oh wow. rust. it's Russ though. But you know, yeah, yeah, he, actually, ten
1: thousand.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's that dude. But um, but sometimes, yeah, the more look at success, this is what it breeds, right? Like people start yeah. eventually, people are gonna find powerlifting, and you're gonna be the person they started following. You yeah. know, to be like you are the Kimberly Walford, where they're like, when I first started following, I found Chandler, same weight class as me, and. You know, she was an underdog. And then, you know, now the underdog's on top. I, I related to her story. And now, and then you're like, you're, you're going to walk into worlds and people are going to approach you like that. And you're like, holy shit. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you know, my coach, uh, Rudy, he had a mock meet one time. And so I went and, you know, I, it was I don't know, a few months after I came back from Ireland. And so some people knew about it and they were like asking me about their former life. My coach is right there. Why don't you ask him why he <laughs> <laughs> but I, I remember telling my mom, it's like it's weird that people care what I think now. Not to say my opinion didn't matter before, but I don't, it's different. Like people put their trust in me just because I've you know reached a certain level.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, man. Things are gonna ha- things are gonna change. Um, I mean, <laughs> that's scary a little bit, but it's it's just the way it is, right? Um mm-hmm. You've uh, you've reached a level that like like there's seven billion people walking the world seven billion, and yeah. in a federation with a hundred and thirty countries, you were a world champion. Like you, this is a true international federation with the best of the best. right that IPF Worlds, the mm-hmm. best of the best all across the world with seven billion people walking, and you're you're a world champion now.
1: <laughs> it, it, it's, it's amazing to think about. It's like a yeah. yourself moment, right? <laughs> this
0: is it. You're living it, so live it yeah. up. Um, listen, Chandler, much appreciated. Thank you for giving us your time. Um, I'm glad we got you on, on the podcast to talk about your journey. Um, it was. It's not the regular one. You know, going no. to the U.S. <laughs> world or going to worlds through the U.S. was anything but usual. Hopefully, it's smooth sailing for the next one. Um, right. And obviously, we're going to keep keep an eye on you and your training. And keep reposting because you're on everybody's radar now. Um, yeah. Is there anybody you want to thank? Or Erin? before we cast off, is there any, sorry, is there any questions that you had left or do we cover everything? you had?
2: No, I think that's everything covered. I was just going yeah, to remind you uh, who she wants to shout out, coach sponsors, that kind of stuff.
0: There it is. You got shout outs you want to give Chandler?
1: Um, yeah. My coach, Rudy Harvin uh, at Santana on Instagram, Santana LaFame. Uh, give all the respect to him because like, I had no idea how strong I was or could be. And so <laughs> he took me from quarter squatting to, you know, this level. So that's that's big. Um, of course, my parents, my sponsors, I, I just have SPD right now, but anybody wants to send me some supplements. There you know, it is, yeah. That, oh, hell you know? yeah. <laughs> um, and then you guys, you give us a platform. So I, I appreciate you guys.
0: You bet. We appreciate you. And you know what? I got one last question. I like. I got one <laughs> last. <laughs> I got one last question. Um, looking back, if you could go to Chandler of the Past, what advice would you give that Chandler? Oh man. What
1: advice? Just enjoy the journey. It's gonna be things you didn't expect. I surely didn't expect all this to happen. I was just having fun, so uh, have fun, enjoy the
0: journey. So I can say, you're still having fun. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're like you see the smile on my face. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, I'm I'm glad, and uh, we're gonna keep in touch. Good luck in the future, and hopefully, I see you at the next IPF World Championships.
1: Yes, of course. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for your time. Talk soon. All right.